Have a cup of tea. 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 Hello. We went into a little bit of Mongolian throat singing. I need to practice that. There's a start to a pod for you. Hey, who are you allowed to? Oh fuck! I don't know. Should we start again? Joe Rogan will probably get cancelled. Let's not go there. Um, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> hello. Good evening and welcome. Welcome. To Sugary, Sugary Brew, Brew, a podcast in which me, James Brewery Brewer, and you, Danny Sugary Sugar, discuss. I need to practice a quick hoik. Um, discuss tea, uh, tea, telly, and togetherness. Ah, isn't that nice? And the I, three I thought teas. we'd start a new way of 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 of, of introing each uh, episode, and I'm going to start with a song lyric. Oh dear. And today's lyric is "Rows and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feathered canyons everywhere. I've looked at clouds this way." From the film that we'll be appearing later on. In today's episode, Coda, which we'll be discussing with our um, semi-regular, regular, 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 mine sounds more like a didgeridoo. Yeah, yours is a Mongolian phrasing. I don't know. We turn more a digi. Yeah, I'm not wearing tie-dye today. Um, Coda, a film that we're discussing later with our, our wonderful guest, um, semi-regular guest Jen. From Sydney. Um, we're going to turn the format upside down because we had to record the Jen segment. Well, let's just let the cat out of the bag. Let the brown cat let, out of the let bag. Let the brown cat out of the bag. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> it's it's Jen, you know what Jen's picturing, don't you? Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, we've already recorded the Jen section and it went on quite long. It so, did, it? so we're going to skip... We're just going to say, okay, bye. Okay, no, we, we do have a tea this evening, because otherwise we wouldn't like have I a title. To, I feel like I need to take my tea bag out. T- all right. I uh, don't know what I can help so, you. So, don't, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll not put my tea It'll bag It'll just out. be really strong. Don't worry about it. Fuck yeah, Will. Whoa. Oh, I have um, trying doing so well at not swearing. Yeah, you're doing really badly. How's the drinking? Brilliant. Or, um, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. It's, it's sort of becoming normal. You're drinking non-alcoholic beer. Um, I had I had my first non-alcoholic beers and probably won't do it again. No? Didn't do much for me. Did you have a similar reaction to when I ate meat flavoured not meat? No, I just didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, that's about the same reaction. Oh, as yeah. I had when I had. <laughs> but I, 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 I was pleased that I didn't feel like... Oh, I wish this had some alcohol yeah. in it. Or I was letting myself down. I felt I didn't. Mm. I didn't immediately want to run to the off license, and I also didn't immediately want to to flagellate myself. Um, Ew. <laughs> that makes a change. <laughs> Tonight's oh, I tea. I feel like a flagellate. Tonight's tea is from an Israeli company called Vysotsky. It was supplied to me by my dear sister, and it is called... Shout out to Corinne. 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 
Almond Charm from the Magic Garden Collection. Unfortunately, we don't have the box, so I'm going to try and flick over to uh, a web page and hope that it's continuing to record. Let me just check that. It's an almond flavoured fruits and herbal infusion. It's great for iced tea. I can read Hebrew, you see. Aha. Uh -huh. On the other side, it's just in English. Uh, it's caffeine free. So, can you say it in Hebrew? Oh. Go on. Nah. <laughs> Start your day off right with this exceptional almond tea. Healthy and beneficial, it is great for calming an upset stomach, helping maintain kidney function, as well as slow down the aging process. I love Perfect as a comforting. <laughs> Not com Perfect as a comforting, Comfort comforting, comforting drink on a cold, wintry day. Unlike today. Unlike today, today the is muggiest, so muggy. closest. My God, this delicious tea will become your instant favourite. So it says. I, I, at this. It smells really strong. At this It smells a bit like cleaning product. I do need to tell you that you there don't is like very few things in life in a, in a consumable way that I don't like. And almond flavoured things, specifically like marzipan. Do you not like marzipan? Oh, I can't stop. Oh, this is makes... nothing like marzipan. But it's got that. There's, there's overtone to marzipan. It's, it smells a lot. Oh, hello, Skippy. Um, it smells a lot stronger than it tastes. Oh, it tastes more like the nut than almond than flavor. flavored. No, so, that's all right. You that's like, quite oh, nice. That was a surprising turn up for the books. So apparently, and I'm hoping this website is correct, the flavors in this tea are almond, but also apple, berries, chocolate, cinnamon, orange, brown sugar, marzipan nutty. That's not ingredients. That's just like keywords no, okay, on this that's, tea that's site. The, yeah, 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 yeah. A very. I'm, I found a, I found a couple of reviews. No, uh, we're doing reviews, mate. I know, but I'm trying to find out what's in it because my sister was supposed Don't to translate the box, which she has, and she never did. A very strong almond tasting tea. Its smell is amazing, and you get great tastes of mainly almond, but also apple, cinnamon, and hibiscus. Well, I'm not getting any of that. Oh, I'm getting any of that, mate. It smells, I don't, I don't like the smell of it. You know, my niece, Alexandra. What's wrong with your niece? My niece, Alexandra. Yep. They're both called Alexandra. <laughs> yeah. She's, um, she's got like a scented candle. I think it's a toffee scented candle. Right. But, so when we go to Christchurch and stay, she usually yields her bedroom to us and we, <laughs> we sleep in it. But if this candle is, is anywhere in the room, I can smell it instantly and it- but Not it, get it, that candle yeah, out of here. It makes me feel nauseous. <laughs> this tea smells a lot like that. It's like dear Anna was gifted a packet of incense. Brought it home. I can smell it. I can, smell I can it. smell it right now. Get that out of here! No, it's allowed in here just not to be lit. I can smell it unlit. If I had COVID, maybe I'll lose my sense of smell and then she could burn whatever she likes. Anyway, it. I, I have to say, I'm enjoying the flavour. I'm enjoying the flavour. I'm and not I... enjoying the smell. So I reckon this is a tea I would recommend to anyone with COVID. <laughs> For the record, we're not treating COVID lightly or treating it as a laughing matter. No, 
But, but if you have got COVID, try this tea. Yeah, it's I mean, brilliant. I, it smells awful. Yeah, as long as I don't breathe through my nose, I'm enjoying it. Oh, there's a, there's no. I'm getting that. You're starting to get I'm that. I'm getting that. It's back of the throat. It's getting very kind strong. Of back of the bottom of the nose, back of the throat, almost tingly unpleasantness that I get with marzipan. I love marzipan. I'm getting. I but I think it's probably just because it. it's mostly sugar. And Although I do like almonds. Danny sugar. But I really don't like I, the smell of this tea. I feel sort of rude. It's your sister's donated. That's all right. I think we have to remain tea. impartial when people give us a tea to try. Really? Can I be impartial? She still likes it, and she's going to get some more scent out to have her. they got other flavours? They do. They have a huge range, and apparently... Well, I just found their website, which this tea doesn't feature on, but they've got a lot of other more fancy-looking range. Could, do you reckon she'd get us a fancy tea? I don't know. Maybe she will. She probably could tell us if she listens. She can surprise us if she feels like it, or it will never be mentioned again otherwise. Um, so this tea, I would give... I'd give it a five out of six to nine. I would give the smell a five out of six to nine. I don't mind the taste, but I have to avoid no. the smell in order to enjoy the taste. So I would probably give it... It, it tastes a bit like a scented candle, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, it smells a lot more like no, a No, it tastes like unsweet, liquidised, hot marzipan. See, and, and for that reason... I'm a mummy! That makes it more enjoyable to me, that description. Really? I reckon don't no. bother sending me a, a box of it. Don't bother being really kind of thoughtful. <laughs> but um, if you want to try another flavour... We'd be very much D-T-T-A-F. Down to tea. Down flavor. to try another flavour. Hey, hey, hey. Right. Um, I guess that's that's tea review over. That is tea review. Um, Let's move on. I really hope our chat with Jen goes well. We've already mentioned that it's happened already. Oh fuck. Well, it it will go. However, my editing job ends you're up brilliant. being because you're brilliant at it. Well, we'll see. We will. We'll be back after this and next week. <laughs> Because Seamless, we didn't actually mate. say we'll be back next week and all that stuff at the end of the... So, okay, week. we can do it. We can, we'll be back next week. See you next week. <laughs> for sugary <laughs> brew. More of this crap next okay, week. Okay, bye. bye. Wow, you're so delayed. <laughs> oh, we can do that again. <laughs> So we haven't had a guest on for a while, have no, we? No, and it's been a while. When I do the tapping, it takes longer at your end. <laughs> Physics. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi. Whereabouts are you, Jen? In my house or in no, the world? In the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in Still. Sydney, Australia. So, how's your brown cat? Yeah. He's good. He's good. I'm surprised he? he hasn't joined us. I don't know. I haven't even oh. fed him yet his dinner, so he should be here. Oh, <laughs> is that your brown cat barking? That's yes, it is. The Leonardo maybe, Napoleon. Maybe Jen, that's what the cat's up to. Is your brown cat a dog? <laughs> that's why he's special. It's oh, it's quite possible special. that the cat is currently tormenting the the dog, who's also brown a brown dog. Oh. <laughs> I only have brown pets. I'm collecting brown, brown things. I can't have a cockatoo. <laughs> <laughs> Could have a Moving kangaroo. On. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. While we've got Jen here, we should talk about this visual sweary thing that we mentioned a few episodes ago. I'm not sure we should. Do you not? I don't know. I resist just putting images in my head. That's the question. I'm desperately trying not to say fucking hell. Oh, I see. Because now you're thinking about fucking in hell. No, no. See, see, mine's more literal than that. Because you didn't say in the first time. It's actually that one's not too bad because hell is like a, a place, an object. It's it's not right. as bad as if you'd said a person, you know. So so it, it's not the images I see are not logical. They're very often literal to what was said. Bloody Nora. <laughs> what did you think then? <laughs> what did you say? Well, first of all, I had an image of somebody called Nora. Like I don't know anyone called that, so it's a generic what? image. And then <laughs> and so, so there's what? just blood dripping down. Oh. <laughs> and, and and this generic Nora that you're imagining. Yeah, she looks like her. a like a cartoon grandma. You know, of course she's like, a grandma. <laughs> yeah, it's very like stereotypical because it's like an instant gut reaction visual visual. Weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> is that a real thing? I mean, well, I know it is for I, you. I, I'm like surprised that nobody seems to do this. <laughs> you sound a little clairvoyant to me. <laughs> but you know, there's there's. Do people... try another one on her. <laughs> There's, wait, wait, wait. There's those people that can't see anything in their mind's eye. You know, they have that aphantasia. So I that's, think that's me. And, that's, oh, that's, what? That's so if, quite if a... we if we say apple, you cannot visually see an apple. If you yeah, try. you can. Well, see, no, you can. So this this is this is really interesting. This is a thing. Well, I've never seen an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I tried I'm, to seeing, I'm seeing a cartoon of an old lady. No, it's. <laughs> I don't think I can. I can see an apple. He yeah, actually can. no, no. He probably has aphantasia. That's incredible. And, and most it's, people it's, don't realize in their life they think nobody can see, and it's just a, a f- language phrase of like, oh, I'm imagining this, I'm picturing this. They yeah. don't actually think people do it, but most I, people I, do if it. I, can you see I like a see blue? No. Can you see a blue apple or a pink? A blue apple. apple? Yeah, you can. I what think he really has it. Got, like, really? Mm, yeah. So we I have the full it. spectrum here. We have. Normal Danny. <laughs> we well, have me that seems normal. to hyper-imagine things. And then we have you, James, who sees nothing. <laughs> who completely devoid <laughs> imagination. Yeah. Yeah. No, but... I mean, so I, I think... I, think I, I read quite a lot about this. I mean, it, it's, there are more people that have this lack of imagination than, than we, we think. Yes, because, yeah. It's still the minority of people, but there's yeah. a surprising number who have this, yeah. Because if you say, imagine an apple, I can... I mean, I, I know what an apple looks like. He's, mm. You're thinking about the concept? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about a concept. It's like a platonic. It's like Plato's cave, right? I'm thinking of a platonic apple. So I can't weird. see it. Yeah. Can't, can't Isn't that see so weird? Is that why you can't draw? <laughs> yeah. It can, it can have an impact on um, memory of object placement. I think so. If, they, if they've forgotten where their keys are in a room, sometimes people with aphantasia, I think they have a harder time... Because for me, when I'm trying to remember where I left something, I'm visually picturing, was it there, was it there, was it there? Whereas they have to try and remember the concept of where they've placed an item. So there are some things God, that can Oh, that's be very difficult. deep. Um, I, I always get my keys, <laughs> but I think that's, that's neither here nor there. Now you can blame it on that. <laughs> yeah. I've got a condition. I don't, I don't remember what the drawer looked like, yeah. but I put the keys I in. I can't remember what a cake looks like. That's why I always eat cake. That's why I'm fat. I remember yeah. the concept of my key, but I don't know what it yeah. looks like. So, Coda. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're here to talk about We should Coda. probably introduce Jen quickly in case one of our so when you three said, listeners hasn't heard the on, previous... Then. Well, 
you can introduce yourself, Jen, and, and tell us about your work in relation to this movie that we're going to discuss. <laughs> yes, I'm, yeah, so I'm Jen, based in Sydney, known these two for a while now, active listener of the podcast. I work in uh, the accessibility industry, so for a company that provides captioning, subtitling, uh, translation. Uh, I've also worked before as a freelance sign language interpreter. So I have uh, connections and friends in the deaf community. So when a film like Coda comes on the scene, I'm definitely there to see it and excited to talk about it today. But I might hand over to James to give an intro to what Coda is actually about, seeing as he was the one who most recently saw it. The sign that she did was at that the a end. Is that <laughs> so it? No, what it's, was it? So it's it's. That um, was that's uh, what I did. It's a it's a take okay. on the I love you sign, which is this in American Sign yeah. Language. It's an I, an L, and a Y all together. So it stands for I love you. But when you cross the the um, the middle finger and the index finger, that stands for like really. So it's like I really love you. So it's like and added. Do you meaning. get cramp when you do it? <laughs> I, just got I, I used to, um, but now it's that's comfortable for me. But it, it took time. I sign really language. live long and prosper. <laughs> Again, this might, is great for is a, uh, a non-visual <laughs> podcast. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. I did take a photo of you doing that, that's, oh. so we can because that's what she does at, at the end, isn't it? Yes, is is, yes. is, is that? Yeah. <laughs> we really love you, Jen. <laughs> Coda is a film that is out on uh, Apple TV Plus Plus TV Plus. Mm-hmm. It's a Sundance nominee winner, winner probably thing. Coda stands for. Child of deaf adults. Is that a universal thing across yeah, all Yeah, across the, uh, the deaf communities. Yes, that's a known mm. thing. Mm. Cool. It's a remake of a French film. It stars Amelia Jones as Ruby. Um, she is the... The French film of Bel Air. What was it? Fucking hell. <laughs> what was it called? The, the, French, the French film it's based on is um, La Famille Bellier. In, in a better French way than that. Right, go on. Um, so, so it stars... English Amelia Jones doing a spot-on American accent. Um, and she's the... She English? The, What's she been in? She was in Doctor Who. Doctor Who? And Doctor Who. <laughs> That's a recent joke, isn't it? it was. <laughs> um, so she is, she's the, the hearing daughter of a, of a deaf family. And brother and parents. Brother and parents. Um, in Massachusetts, and they're Massachusetts. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and they're a fishing family. They own a fishing business, um, a struggling fishing business. And it's the film's about. What's the film about, Jen? You tell us. It's it's really trying to uh, represent what it's like for coders, right? Straddling essentially a hearing in a deaf world, and and it really follows. I believe she's in like the final year of high school, right, and about to go on to college. So it's also about that transition and the strains on their family life of, of this struggling fishing business. And I, I believe it's set in modern, like, just the current times, right? This yeah. was a 2021 film, so it's it's just set in a, in a roughly here and now. For me, um, and I, I personally didn't think the film was an entire success, but what... You what, don't think any film is an entire <laughs> success, I think, do you? I thought all eight hours of Get Back was an entire success. Yeah. And um, what I thought the film did... I thought it was a film of two halves. I think, I think she's absolutely incredible I think her family are incredible um, I think all that works incredibly well um, I love the insight into into what it might be like to be a hearing child in a deaf family 
was really well done. I thought the um, school side of it and the music teacher side of it, she discovers teaching and discovers surprisingly she's got an incredible talent. And Mm. I thought that side of it was saccharine and, you know, like wet tissue. I thought it was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I laughed out loud I didn't I, yeah I couldn't stand that side of it to be honest yeah I mean that, that was I mean I felt that was very sort of formulate kind of story trope you know mm. and quite sort of a mainstream she wants to well I, although like I think the the fact that it was singing brought an extra context with the fact that no one her her, she wanted her family support but they don't they've never heard singing before so the the mother at one point says would you take up painting if i was blind which Mm. yeah and this this is actually so the the film had an interesting reception from the global deaf community it was very mixed Uh, Uh, a lot of yeah so a lot of the um praise for the film was definitely that it had a deaf cast that still the acting was brilliant the acting was brilliant and they were able to show deaf people just being a regular family living being self-sufficient having a business um having kids having sex you know just being people and that's still very rare as a portrayal of deaf people so that was highly praised and Mm. amazing to have deaf actors getting to play these roles where there was criticism was certainly around that theme of the singing and the music because that is essentially a trope whenever that you have um deaf themes to explore and we saw Mm. it in sound of um metal as well right it's always going to be the hearing people can't seem to resist this idea of oh we're talking about deafness let's let's put um a sorrowful lens on the fact they're missing out on singing and music yeah, and yeah. their criticism particularly for this portrayal of that was that it's there's this assumption that deaf people can't understand an appreciation of music or that they can't sure, hear sure. anything at all and it's actually extremely rare for someone who's deaf to have no hearing at all and sure. so a lot of them do enjoy and appreciate music so to always see the portrayal of this of their confusion at why she would sing and what's everyone enjoying like that's just mm. very artificial and and kind of um a bit belittling to the deaf community and it was certainly portrayed that the the husband and wife and and brother were completely deaf yeah they say when they take the volume down at the concert it's silent i thought the 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 family the mother and father were so good mm. and so real and gritty yes. i thought i mean i think they were probably directly transposed from the french film that seemed like because it seemed almost out of place in this completely what was gone. interesting so so i saw the french film first that was back in 2014 and i was like oh a film with sign language let's watch it and i actually yeah. didn't realize that coda was a remake of it until about three quarters of the way through and i'm because i thought oh they're just choosing the music singing theme again yeah. but i didn't mm-hmm. and i was like oh typical but then i realized oh it is a direct remake about three quarters of the way in the yeah music was in in the in the french Yes, in the French one too. But what was different was the family dynamic. It was, I would say it was much better in CODA. A criticism okay. of the French film was that they did not cast deaf actors for the parents. Okay. And that's, it seems crazy. Why wouldn't you? But that's typical. And in fact, for CODA, I did a bit of research and the casting was quite controversial here. Um, you can tell I'm passionate about, about <laughs> these topics. Um, so Molly Matlin, extremely famous deaf actress. She was... Yeah the first one for them to cast on this project, right? And she was interested in CODA because it was going to try and show this interesting world of CODAs and show a a deaf family being regular people. 
But, you know, after she came on board, they were going to cast hearing actors for the rest. And she, mm. she put her foot down and said, I am leaving this project if you do that. And she eventually got them on board and they cast these amazing deaf actors. Oh, one who went I'm... on to get nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor, the, the brother at the mm. Academy yeah, Awards. Was, you know? He so, was superb. Yeah. And I thought that the, the father was amazing. Troy, Troy Kotsur. Who yeah. plays Frank, the father? Um, and I, I thought he was. He felt so real. So oh, real. Yeah. I think yeah. I just the thing I loved about it really was just how well written it seemed. The dialogue they were they were the most realist. Like if they were a hearing family saying all exactly the same stuff, I would have super enjoyed. Yeah. Them as a hearing family saying those things out loud. Things so, like twat waffle. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> did you just? Did you just no. Whoa. No. Did you just picture that? But it's genius. I love it. Look, she's gone red. Look. I'm it doesn't take, take a picture. much. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. But it's going to be a horrible photo series. There's yeah. no podcast exactly. at all. Just photographs. No. We're not actually recording. It's just going to be a silent photo series in a meta kind of way. I missed the sign for Twat Waffle. And, and really we'll need to, to re-watch that. Twat Waffle. Oh, the... the the amount of sign language in both the the French film and this Coda film was fantastic. Like that's also not a common thing, and that they subtitled it. You know, it's it's beautiful. And is was it a true translation? Was it was it well done? Well, I so it was French sign language in one and American sign language in the other. Sure. So I I don't know how authentic it was, but the the signing like to me I, what I can tell is that it's fluent you know these people are deaf and it's it's beautiful and dynamic and raw and that that's so rare in films because often you are seeing hearing actors who've had to learn um, sign language yeah. and it's stilted and limited and hey, like yeah. if you were talking like it's <laughs> like us recording a podcast it's like us recording a fucking podcast yeah. um. and actually um, interesting for Molly Matlin the very first film um, the one that she won her Academy Award for. So she got Best Actress back in the 80s for Children of a Lesser God, which is a film yeah. about um, two staff members at a, a school for the deaf, right? And she used sign language in that film, but it was not translated. They had the characters okay. that she was signing to basically repeat what she said as part of their response. And, you know, that's what she had to put uh, up with okay. yeah, back in yeah, the yeah. 80s. And and despite that, she did an amazing performance and, and won this award. But it, it must have been great for her to get to come in and make this film where, you know, there's been so much progress in, in how she's able to act and, and have it authentically translated for her. Yeah. And yet, I wonder what, um, like... Could they have, with such a fantastic deaf cast, changed some of the more saccharine plot I, points? I think they deserved it. I think I think they absolutely should have done. I think I thought I thought the other part of it was so awful. To be honest, so I thought the I, piano teacher was so bad. <laughs> Fucking oh, I wanted to. <laughs> You're not singing from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't. It it actually. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't need anything extra other than just being a family drama. Exactly, and I think you, know, you couldn't. Uh, the exploration of of I don't know how, how the, well you. Could I have guess explored. the the, the I think, point. I think to that a, would have. I think it could, if done well, that would have been would have added to it. But it just so wasn't done well at all. Hmm. Sure. It was saved by by what the I'm, actors. What I'm hopeful is that this film will provide a further stepping stone for more films with deaf actors and it doesn't have it it shouldn't have to be about deafness and, and mm. music it should just be like see how dynamic this family was and it had themes yeah. that everyone could relate to yeah. and it doesn't need 
to have this layer of like, oh, music, singing, sound and all those tropes. It's like, just let deaf actors do their thing and, and tell interesting stories that everyone relates to. That would be, I mean, mm. that we all would have preferred that film. Yeah, I may be completely wrong. The the daughter in A Quiet Place. Mm. Oh, quiet place, that's an interesting two. one. She's she's deaf. She is. In real she life. Is. She is. And that's, that's from memory and it's been a long time since I watched it. It's not a particularly. I don't know because it's a quiet place, and it's. But it's not yes. a particularly big part of the film. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's an interesting one because they definitely leverage the fact of like, oh, okay, if you make a sound, you die or get attacked, and here's a deaf person. Oh no, how they'll cope. So there's still there's still that hearing fascination of like, how do they cope? What you poor them, you know? But but they cast a deaf actress, and they didn't make it just about that. Like she got to transcend that and do a great job and an interesting role but they did have some things that annoyed me in that film with um you know making lip reading seem easy and and having characters not face her and she can totally get what they're saying and sure. and cutting off her sign language and it, it's just classic things that that hearing films tend to do but they're all stepping stones in the right direction of, of portraying this one of one of the scenes I, I really loved and thought worked really well and i'm not sure what your take on it would have been the scene where they've just been to the concert and the mother and the father I, I thought was I thought they played it so well and the brother of course the Oscar winning brother um, nominated so Oscar <laughs> fucking nominated brother their <laughs> their their discomfort and and clips wanting to get out of the auditorium while the music's going on a feeling I shared actually. Um, <laughs> for the, for the for opposite reason. reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, then when the, the, the duet came on and they, they saw the other members of the crowd. And how well received. Saw how well received yeah. and how proud they were of the daughter. And then that evening, um, the father, uh, Frank and Ruby, are sat on the back of a pickup and he asked her to sing it and, and he's putting his hands on on her voice box and her, her upper chest to to feel the vibrations. I thought that I, that that moved me profoundly. I th I think that's um I I don't know what the specific deaf community's reaction to that scene was um and it is like you do feel moved watching it but I feel it almost falls in this category that's called inspiration porn where it's like where where it's. Um, we find it kind of moving and inspiring watching from the outside, but it's kind of just um, a trap for us to fall into because yep. we're yep. like, oh, what a beautiful imagery, but there's yep. this feeling sorry for someone in a way yep. of what you're missing out. It's, it's, yep. mm. um, and it's a, a huge um, thing that, that people with, with various disabilities face is, you know, a lot of people, um, they might uh, go to college and they're like, oh, you're so inspiring. You're blind and you've gone to college. They're like, mm. are you applauding everyone that goes to college? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, they, they yeah. get this amazing reaction for yeah. just doing the most basic things. And it just all falls in that category. So I was a bit uncomfortable in that scene. It's also a bit of a trope of that feeling the throat thing, just like a, yeah. a, a blind person feeling someone's face. Like um, a lot of blind people don't feel people's faces to find out what they look like. It's awkward it's, for them. Like, why am I feeling mm. someone's face? You know, and yet in movies and the imagery of that's so powerful for us as sighted mm. people. And, and this felt similar. I thought during the scene in, 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 in that concert, I thought she was going to break out into sign. And I thought that would have been cliche. And it didn't happen in that scene. It happened in the next scene, right? And I thought, I just, 
I just thought, oh, fuck, really? You know, the yeah. parents break in up there and mm. yeah. the teacher... Ca- oh, no. It was like yeah. a, a Disney cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wrote down, it's Billy Dawson's High School Poet Society. Which I just thought, <laughs> nah, the whole thing. Except It was for, unnecessary. Yeah. 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 What, they, what they did do well, uh, I think, is, is try to explore that coder identity, though, because... Sure. When I started learning sign language, started meeting deaf people, getting involved with the community, I that's when I found out about coders, and it's a whole identity group I'd never thought of before. And it's mm. it's quite common in the deaf community. About ninety percent of children of deaf adults will be hearing, so it's it's the norm, right, to have a deaf parent and a hearing child, and it does create such an interesting dynamic, which is. It's it's that straddling of two worlds. They they don't feel fully part of the deaf world, fully part of their hearing world. Yeah. It's so like they being bilingual. Of, isn't exactly, it? it's very similar to yes, exactly where I was going. It's it's like you've had a parent that's moved to another country, which speaks a different language, and had a kid. It's that kid's experience is most similar, and, sure. and often the spoken language is their second language. Um, often they can be relied on a bit for that ad hoc interpreting yeah, for their parent. Yeah, and yeah. there were some great um, scenes in, in this Coda film, you know, at the doctor having to interpret for the parent. And, and that, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. that did divide the deaf community a bit because they said, look, in today's America, they don't really allow that. Like the, the American with Disabilities Act is like, you have to have a professional interpreter for these kind of things. But in the not so distant past, especially in Australia, it was kind of normal for kids to come to their doctor, the parents' doctor appointments and do that. And it has been something that the deaf community and the interpreting community have progressed from. And they know that that's not good for the kid. Don't put them in that situation. Let's get an interpreter. But it was something that happened a lot. And so I think it was all right to to show it in this film. Again, where I think the film is a three-star film rather than a five-star film, is that to do that, there's a scene where they say it, right? There's a scene where they say those exact words. And I, I, there are better ways of doing it than to just have that argument. You know, she says, I've been a translator for you, da 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 da, da. Hmm. So many times in the film, instead of kind of guiding the viewer, it spells it out. slams yeah. it in your face yeah. and squishes Which your I, face about it. I find is, is kind of a, something American cinema does too often. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to... Bring that up. But I thought I thought as a been... as a as one of my citizenships is American, I will bring it up for. <laughs> How many have you got? Three, three. Aussie, American, and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. She's got three parents. <laughs> no, I don't. Parents. No. <laughs> two parents. Two parents. So you give it a three out of five. I'd probably give it a two out of five. Would you? Yeah. Wow. I I I, I was would... so annoyed. There's so many things like. Right, so they're struggling with this fishing business, yeah? Mm. And they think... I didn't oh, enjoy the fishing biz- bit. I did think of you in the fishing. <laughs> um, so, so they're struggling, and they, they come up with this idea of getting the co-op, and they've got no money at all. In the next scene, they've hired a warehouse. They've got packaging, they've got machinery, they've got graphic designers come and do the thing. In the next scene, and they've got a thriving small business. Yeah. It, it just... It doesn't happen. Well, despite agreeing with you about all the saccharine parts, I thought the acting held up so well and the writing of the actual family drama parts held up so well that I really enjoyed it. I mean, for the reasons we've discussed, I don't know if I'd give it a nine out of six to nine, (laughs) but I might give it a (laughs) eight. 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 
Oh, 6.5. I, 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 I take back my two. It's definitely a three. I would have liked to... I mean, so we're watching... Have you ever seen um, Six Feet Under? The TV show? Yeah. No. So we're, it's it's brilliant. And we're just re-watching it. It's just a real sort of... It's, it's all about death and stuff, but it's just a family <laughs> drama. Where I'm going with this is... When you were saying about the the, the family drama... You know, and just having a, a normal family story. I would love to see Six Feet Under remade by brilliant deaf actors. And, yeah. And having that sort of like That just run a funeral home or something. Yeah. 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 Just something really yeah. like... That's what I'm hoping is next, you know, and, and yeah. that this was the stepping stone there. I, I would give Code a four out of five. I'm definitely biased towards anything that portrays deaf culture, helps educate there, has sign language. And it's just that fifth star is gone because of all of that that theme that we've talked about, the, the mm. music, the singing, the dragging the audience through and, and slamming them on their head with what they're meant to be thinking. <laughs> yeah. What if what if it had a horse in it? Oh. Four and a half. Four and oh. a half. What about a they horse and a brown cat? Yeah. Yeah. 4.75. Hey. Fuck it out. This is a negotiation. You guys so, know how to make a five-star film now. I... I have what about say, a peanut butter falcon in there? <laughs> yes. Oh, I, that's extra points too. I love that imagery. <laughs> I have to say, despite my two and a half, three star review, for the last 45 minutes of the film, I really needed a wee. Oh, <laughs> now the context and comes in. And didn't go for a wee and was jiggling. Wow. I would have gone for a wee. Why didn't you pause the film? Why? Because... <laughs> why didn't you tell me to pause the film? <laughs> She wasn't I'm there. now telling you for all future, always pause the film. <laughs> it would have been an awful film had it not been for Amelia Jones and the acting of the whole that whole family and, and her friend. And, and, and I thought that song at the end had to be a special song. If it hadn't been a song as good as both sides now, that ending wouldn't have landed <laughs> in the slightest. Mm. The film, the song had to be good, and it's because it was as good a song as that. I thought, otherwise, it would have just gone over the top even more than it did. <laughs> Twat waffle. Twat waffle. <laughs> I think um, on that note, we can probably let you go and yeah. continue with your evening. Go and um, find your brown cat. Are they <laughs> top right? Is that Lord of the Rings? Yes. In fact, that whole shelf is Lord of the Rings, oh. and most of this shelf. <laughs> <laughs> like, like not just Lord of the Rings, but Tolkien. Books. So unfinished tales and <laughs> yes, yes. Grew up on Lord of the Rings, and it's it's one of one of the sort of tenets of my life. But I've I've never read any other heavy fantasy. I suppose, yeah. But I just finished Mordew by Alex Phoebe P H E B Y, and I loved it. I I, I would love for you to read. I, I'll send you the book. Along with all the things that we promised them, <laughs> put it year. in the parcel. Uh, yeah. Shit, it's gonna be a fucking cost of fortune to post. Um, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, That's a good recommendation because it sounds like we have a similar. Um, mm. Yeah, having not read most of the other heavy fantasy, so I loved the first half of the book and went slightly off it in the second half. I have to say, but um, mm. look it up. A bit um, like Coda. More G. <laughs> 
bringing it back around. Bringing it back, yeah. <laughs> it's way too late to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, one, one final, final, final thing. Jen, would you say that this is a superb film in every way, but you wouldn't recommend it to anyone? <laughs> no, I actually would and recommend yet. this one. Go oh, okay. to Coda. Be, enjoy the sign language. Enjoy the deaf culture. Forget the, the saccharine elements. It's worth it. And entertaining. Genuinely entertaining. Yeah. Okay, bye. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Jen. <laughs> a pleasure. Yeah. We can say the goodbye now. Uh, okay, okay, bye. bye. Thank you, Jen. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea.